One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. As a part of this commitment, they've recently transitioned their workshop to 100% green energy, a substantial step in their sustainability journey. While staying devoted to eco-friendly production practices, Yumiko remains passionately focused on connecting and lifting the dance community to promote a more loving and equal world through the power of togetherness. For our listeners in the New York City area, Yumiko's flagship store is currently open with limited hours, or you can always shop online at yumiko.com. Be sure to follow along on Instagram at Yumiko to participate in their weekly giveaways and to stay updated on all things 2021. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Today we are joined by Tamisha Guy as she prepares a new work for acclaimed choreographer Kyle Abraham. Tamisha is a native of Trinidad and Tobago and began her formal dance training at Ballet Tech under the direction of Elliot Feld. She went on to attend SUNY Purchase College as a double major in dance and arts management. In 2013, she graduated with honors from SUNY Purchase College and joined the Martha Graham Dance Company shortly after. In 2016, Tamisha was selected as one of Dance Magazine's top 25 to watch and received the Princess Grace Award the same year. Tamisha has danced under Abraham since 2014, joining him directly after the Martha Graham Dance Company. We catch up with Tamisha in the morning before she starts rehearsal. We Zoom with her to record this episode while she is staying warm in a mall across the street from the studio. Safely masked, she tells us about her training, how she came to decide to pursue a career in dance, and some of her outside pursuits, including two upcoming dance films. So Tamisha, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you're about to go into rehearsal right after this. We're, we're here at 9 a.m. So we really appreciate that you fit us into your schedule and are going to take us through your career. We're so excited. Yeah, of course. 
Thank you so much for having me. Um, why don't we just go ahead and start at the beginning, as we always do, and just get a little taste of what first um, drew you to dance in general. Sure. So I'm originally from Trinidad, and I was mainly in sports, so track mm-hmm. and field and gymnastics. And when my family moved to New York, I sort of stopped doing sports. So, you know, I was just going to school, going home. I didn't really do any extracurricular activities. Um, But luckily, I went to a public school where Ballet Tech, the New York City Public School for Dance, had an affiliation. Mm -hmm. And they would go into public schools and, you know, have the students, like, put their arms in first position, maybe point your feet. And I think they were just trying to see if there was potential there. And I was offered a position at their school to go take a ballet class twice a week. And initially I saw it as an opportunity to, you know, leave school for a few hours a day. (laughs) Um, But I started to really enjoy it. And once I graduated fifth grade, I was offered a position at their school and I took it and I've been Mm -hmm. dancing ever since. That's awesome. I I actually taught at Ballet Tech um, most recently. It was one of the first jobs I had post-retirement and it's just such an incredible program. Um, So what was the... What, at what point when you were at Ballet Tech, did you start to take things um, a little more seriously? Like, oh, this could be a career. What was that moment for you? Yeah, so I think at Ballet Tech, I was still, of course, like learning the technique. And mm-hmm. it was, of course, challenging, you know, but I took uh, sort of a liking to that challenge. And I was always eager to like learn more. Um, but I think it definitely opened up you know, the door for me to see that it was possible to have a career in dance. But I think it was when I went to high school and I started to, you know, take more contemporary and modern dance styles, I saw that there was so much more that I could Mm -hmm. learn. Um, And after I graduated high school, you know, in high school, I was sort of going back and forth, like, do I want to pursue this? Like, like, what do you want to do? And I, I like to really think about things before, <laughs> you know, I go into it. So after high school, I actually took a year off um, from dance and I went to a community college where I solely focused on academics. And mm-hmm. I think it was a test for me to sort of divorce myself of dance to see if I truly loved it, you know? Yeah. Um, so within that year, I told myself, don't take a dance class. Don't go see a dance show. Like nothing that pertains to dance, like do not engage. And (laughs) I I know, isn't that crazy? (laughs) Um, But I realized how much I missed it and how much I wanted it to be a part of my life. So after that year, I auditioned for SUNY Purchase College and Fordham University. And I went to purchase and it's there when, you know, I realized I was like, I want to do this. Like, I truly, truly want to do this. What were some of the things you were considering? So you wanted to walk, you know, step away from dance. What were some of the other career paths that you were thinking about, especially while you were, um, had that year at community college? Yeah. So I wanted to actually be a physical therapist or go into sort of the sports medicine route. Yeah. Um, And there was a point where I also was like, oh, I kind of want to be a doctor, but I don't think I was serious. (laughs) I just sort of like entertained the idea. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And and do you feel like that was something that interests you because of your dance background? I feel like a lot of dancers like to find that route interesting. I would say yes. Yeah. I think it sort of would still, you know, 
make the the art form part of my life. And I think that was something that I was interested in as well. Yeah. So at SUNY, what were, what was your training like there? And were, were they preparing you for like a, a full, uh, full-time career in dance? Was that the direction you were moving in? You were thinking, I'm going to join a company after this? It's interesting because, you know, at Purchase, we had our codified techniques. So you had your ballet, modern, and sometimes we'd have maybe contemporary classes or modern repertory classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a taste of sort of um, some things. I think in terms of feeling prepared to enter the professional world, it definitely prepared me in that sense because I was able to sort of like try different things and to see what I, you know, maybe would gravitate towards. Okay. Um and I would say my junior year is when I started sort of auditioning for college, not colleges, started auditioning for companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to sort of have the practice of auditioning. Um, so I had auditioned for the Martha Graham Dance Company my junior year with sort of the push of a dance instructor. Right. And I, you know, made it to the end, spoke to the director and I was always um, adamant about completing college Mm -hmm. and I was also a double major in arts management. So I wanted to complete my degree before I, you know, moved into the professional world. So I didn't, you know, take the opportunity then. And it just didn't fit, I think, for the both of us at that point. But when I graduated my senior year, the director of Graham reached out to just sort of see what I was up to. And at that point, I wasn't auditioning, which mm-hmm. is quite odd. Like my senior year, I didn't audition. <laughs> um, I think I just wanted to be at school and to enjoy my final year there. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to not get sort of, you know, caught up in what I was doing next. Even though it was on my mind, I was trying not to let it like just, you know, overwhelm me. So mm-hmm. when she asked what I was up to, Clearly, I wasn't up to anything. So <laughs> when I when I graduated in May, um, I started dancing with the Graham Company shortly after in June. So you must have made quite an impression. This is was this Janet Albert, the director at this point? Yes, Janet Albert. Yeah. Albert, yeah, yeah, we we love Janet, but you must have really stuck with her. If a year later she's calling you up, yeah, you know, I, I think that that is. Yeah. It, it shows that you made a, a real impression on her. So what was that? Um, you obviously you could go into this new job feeling a sense of confidence. But what was the um, what was that? Early, what were those early days in the company like for you? What was that transition from college life to company life for you? Yeah, so I think the way that Graham functioned, it, it was very structured. And I mm-hmm. think coming from you know, conservatory that functioned in the same way. Mm -hmm. I, it was familiar to me. Um, So that sort of, you know, let go a lot of the anxiety that I was feeling entering that space. Um, But I think everyone was so warm and welcoming. And I think it was a great first company experience to have. Um, Just to see what company life is like, you know, and I'm grateful to have had that experience because I know it's not the experience of many. Um, so I definitely, you know, um, yeah, I don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. We always love to ask our Martha Graham dancers that we talk to what that transition was like into that technique. It's so specific and mm-hmm. 
to us seems so crazy. Like I could never. <laughs> so how was that transition for you and kind of like really absorbing that gram technique? Yeah. So actually gram was the first modern technique that I had taken after mm-hmm. ballet tech. So I fell in love with it because it was the only sort of other, you know, thing that I had known. Um, and the idea of like sitting on the floor, like starting on the floor, like was so, like, you know, different for me. And I mm-hmm. was, you know, I think the same as um, learning ballet. I was just eager to like continue to learn more. So from high school and um, on, I sort of stayed training in Graham. Mm-hmm. So I felt a bit more prepared as I entered the company because um, I had more knowledge about the technique. I mean, there's always more to learn, which I did learn more, I f- feel like, Graham. But I went in sort of knowing um, quite a bit about the the world. Mm-hmm. So Graham is, you know, it has one of the most storied repertoires of the entire 20th century. It's the oldest dance company in America. It has this huge history surrounding it. And you're embodying these works that are classics that were made for other people. At what point was it that you felt like you wanted to explore maybe creating something that is made specifically tailored to your talents and your body? Yeah, so that's a really great question, actually, because when I was in Graham, I was only there for a year and a half, so a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I performed numerous roles, but I always thought that I wanted to have a bit more life experience so I could Mm -hmm. bring myself even more to the role. Um, So I think, you know, jumping from there and sort of going into a creative process with Kyle Abraham, it was completely a new um, way of working for me. You know, I was asked to generate movement. I was asked to sort of, um, for me to put my input in certain, you know, maybe, um, like combos or whatever we're working on. And that that was something I'd never experienced before. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just sort of just very different, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was excited to sort of go on that journey of of finding a new Tamisha in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you first become aware of Kyle's work? What was the, did you, were you at the Graham company saying like, okay, I just fell in love with this choreographer and I have to go follow him or what was what was your relationship to how that began yeah so there my senior year purchase Kyle set a solo on one of my best friends at school Mm -hmm. and we happened to be in the same weekend so Kyle came to our show and he saw my performance and sent me a really nice message just congratulating me and, you know, telling me, great job. Um, and while I was dancing at Graham, we had an off period for three months. And being new to the professional world, you know, I didn't really know what to do during that time. I didn't plan anything. Yeah. So um, luckily, Kyle reached out to me within that three-month period Um sharing that his company was going to Jacob's Pillow and if I was available to go with the company on a residency. And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And then I never left. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I tried for some time to sort of, you know, dance with Graham and Kyle, but it, 
it was possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's funny hearing you talk about, you know, going from this Martha Graham, um, very storied history and then moving into something where you're a real active part of the creation process. Uh, I think I was just thinking like Michael and I, when we first joined Miami City Ballet, we were doing a lot of the same thing, like mostly balancing stuff that was already established. And then at one point it started to switch and we started working with choreographers and we hadn't really done that before. So I, I wonder, because it's so, so different, the experience of that, like your part, you can put your own self into the work, right? It's like, it's instead of kind of trying to adapt to something else that's already been created. So did you take very quickly to that? You really liked that? Or at first, did it feel overwhelming? What did you, what were your kind of your first feelings as you started to be a part of the creation process? I think at first I did a lot of observing, you know, I just sort of tried to observe the people that had been there longer and mm-hmm. saw how they navigated um, the space. So and then, yeah, and then I started to open up and bring myself even more to to the process. But I think it's, you know, in the beginning, it's a bit, um, I don't want to say challenging, but it's just, it's new, you know, it's a new mm-hmm. experience. So I think sometimes it's either you, you go all in or you like sit back and you sort of, you know, ease into it. Right. But I think I felt comfortable to share my voice and to create. So um, it definitely came, you know, quicker um, after I I felt that comfortability. Mm -hmm. What's Kyle's creative process like? We do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do a lot. But in terms of generating, we often... Uh, Kyle records himself on video and then the dancers are asked to learn the choreography and after we've learned it we sort of you know pull it apart like variate it Um, we also have different tasks to generate movement but in the earlier days we did a lot of talking like we would often talk for hours and like not dance (laughs) you know Um, just sort of talking about what was going on in the world and Mm. you know feelings about it but also just about, I think, what we were interested in making as a team. And I think that was really important because, you know, as I think as much as it is Kyle's work and his vision, it was great for a choreographer to sort of ask what um, we were interested in making. Right. So, yeah, a lot of talking, a lot of um, tasks to generate and create movement. And he often brought in books for us to read just to get some inspiration from as well. Interesting. So you uh, have received the Princess Grace Award and have been mentioned as one of Dance Magazine's top 25 to watch, which are two of the biggest honors in our industry. Um, What does it mean to you to have that sort of recognition so I definitely feel honored and I, you know, I've, I worked extremely hard. So it's, there were two goals that I was working towards, I would say, and not working towards as if like, you know, I, I was set on it, but just working to produce good art and to be a good artist. And mm-hmm. I was just so grateful and honored to be recognized in that way. Um, yeah, just, just grateful, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So Kyle's company has been very, um, 
you know, still continuing to create and produce art throughout this whole pandemic. Tell us a little bit about what that process has been like. What were some of the first ideas of how you were going to make this work in the early days coming through to what um, what the creation creative process is like right now? Yeah, so I think, you know, unbeknownst to us all in February of 2020 was, you know, our final tour. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of companies were trying to figure out how to sustain their dancers and how mm-hmm. to also like, you know, continue to, to be creative and to be in a creative process. And I, you know, Kyle, he works a lot. And I think he's always like, you know, trying to figure out like how he can help and sort of like what's next. And we were working on a piece, you know, for maybe a year and a half up until February of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think Kyle just wanted to continue working on it. Mm-hmm. And we were able to go to Jacob's Pillow for a 10 day residency to do a bubble residency. So we had to do a lot of, you know, um, testing. There was also a lot of protocol that we had to follow, but we were able to be in close company with one another and, you know, to continue in the creative process of this work. And then we were able to go on a second residency um, at Pascon, which was a bit longer. It was 27 days, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so quite long. <laughs> and we were able to continue our work on um, an evening length work we were working on. And then mm-hmm. we also started working on other pieces as well. So, okay. you know, I think Kyle just wants to be ready for when the doors open to mm-hmm. say that he has, you know, something to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing that we keep hearing about these bubble residencies and how essential they have been to creating, you know, continuing to create during this time. So love to hear about it. I was going to ask, when was the first residency? The first residency was in October 2020. So what was that? I mean, you know, March shut down to October first residency. That's a long time. Were you just Zooming? Was there any studio time at that point? Yeah. So in the beginning, we started working on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of, you know, getting the material back in our bodies, like conditioning and um, getting us prepared for when we are able to enter the studio space. And then we slowly started to work in pods. So we had pod rehearsals where there would be three to four dancers Mm -hmm. uh, per pod. And, you know, of course, socially distanced and mm-hmm. wearing a mask. Um, and we can only work on pieces where there was, of course, no physical contact. So it was quite interesting mm-hmm. at first, because I think most of Kyle's work, you know, we're in close proximity, we're either touching one another. So um, it was just, a, we had to find a different way to sort of navigate those uh, steps. Mm-hmm. And then we we sort of did that for a while. So we're in those pod rehearsals for a really a long time. And then we were able to go to Jake's Pillow in October. Right. I'm curious, since you mentioned that talking and, um, you know, getting like book assignments, that sort of thing was part of the process before, did that become more integral as like, you know, Zoom has these inherent limitations. You're not going to do huge, you know, space consuming movements. Did you end up going back to that sort of um, more communicative part of the process? 
We actually did not. Okay. Ah, <laughs> now that I think, now that I think about, it, no, we did not. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that is quite interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. There must be. I'm sure there's a reason. It's probably like one of those things that everybody just wanted to move so darn badly. I was say, right. Exactly. Yeah, maybe it was just like I will literally go insane if I talk on Zoom. <laughs> right. No one. Yes. Wanted, yeah. No one wanted that. That's we funny. gotta yeah. do a plie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and of course we do check-ins where, you know, we may, we call them AIM lounge, where we, you know, check in for 30 minutes just to see how everyone's doing. Um, you know, we might play games or something like that, but not, um, you know, no books or any assignments in that sense in the creative process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the plans for the life of these works that you were creating in these bubble residencies? Yeah, so we're hoping to premiere one of the works this year um so fingers crossed yes um and i believe the other works they're set to premiere either this year as well or in 2022 Mm. that's That's awesome so you've mentioned earlier you said you were um studying arts management is that correct yes so now you have some workshop ideas aimed to help artists including for budgeting for dancers and taxes and investment seminars all things that dancers love to just Get back in down the road. <laughs> so is this just a, a time where you're able to bring back, um, you know, a previous passion and then um, put it back into the world and, and help your community? For sure. Um, and, you know, I think this time has given me the opportunity to really think about how I can better serve my community. And in having conversations with friends, and I also teach at SUNY Purchase, So talking to the students and trying to, you know, give them resources and also ask them questions about what they need beyond just, you know, giving them dance steps. Um, A lot of the students were interested in in sort of budgeting and taxes and they had no idea about sort of that world. Mm -hmm. So I had the idea to teach not myself personally, but bring someone in to teach a budgeting for dancers workshop and also a tax seminar. And they loved it. And I think they got so much information from the seminar. And, you know, I just want artists to have a better handle on our finances. I want us to feel sort of um, have a bit of financial freedom and not to be worried about making ends meet. You know, I think we want to focus on our art, right? And we don't want our finances to sort of either hold us back from pursuing our art or um, just not being able to do exactly what we want to do. So I definitely want to give artists that freedom. And I think with knowledge, you know, comes freedom. (laughs) Right. Is there a plan to maybe bring that to the general public at all? I just think it would be so useful. It would be such a wonderful tool for young dancers to have. Yes, that is the plan. And I definitely want to, you know, foster dance as well. But mm-hmm. I want the make, main focus to be on financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And it will mainly be for pre-professional and professional dancers. Very cool. Now, did you do this on Zoom, this seminar? And is that like part of your thought process that maybe you would continue it in a digital sphere? That is an interesting and great question. I have <laughs> I'm like, not, how do I get in on this? <laughs> yeah, right. um, I'm signing you know, up. Yeah. Yes, I think Zoom is sort of, you know, 
it's been amazing for us to use during this time. And there are, of course, other platforms that I can utilize, but I think maybe to start, I may start on Zoom, um, just so a lot more um, dancers can have access as well. Not only dancers, you know, in New York, but dancers all over the world. Yeah, yeah. So you have a few other passions other than dance. You're also a fitness model and a boxing instructor. Is that right? So I am a fitness model, but I am not a boxing instructor as yet. It is a, oh. a dream or hope of mine. Mm-hmm. So cool. I like that you keep these passions. Like <laughs> they don't ever go away. You're like, you're flirting with the idea of being a boxer, but you didn't just like, you know, you even as you pursued dance, you're just like, you're still going to bring that back, circle back to that, you know? Yes. Yes. And then you're also like taxes. How do we work on that? You have all these things. So so how, why is that important for you to also keep these other passions alive and these other um, potential career paths in your mind? Yes. Because, you know, I have a lot of interests and I also in an effort to just continue, you know, sustaining myself. And also I think to keep things fresh, you know, cause a lot of what I learn, even in boxing, like I can bring into the studio, you know? So I think everything is um, sort of able to cross into, you know, each world. And, and that's what exciting um, about it for me. Um, yeah. And I talk about boxing a lot, <laughs> you know, because it's just so fun. It's just a great release. And um, yeah, it's something that I, I know it's helped me in my dance career for sure. That's cool. That makes me think of Edward Valella when we <laughs> dance for him. He's always referenced boxing and like do the boxing metaphors for the win yeah yeah Yeah. um so you you have a couple of exciting film projects coming up as well can you tell us a little bit about that creative process and where we might be able to catch these films sure so i was able to collaborate with a great friend of mine damani pompey on a personal project called crust and Mm -hmm. it's a work that explores the relationship of sort of one's um life to nature and I thought about this project because you know during the pandemic I was alone a lot and I would take a lot of walks and just sort of like sit outside you know amongst the trees and um, it was just so beautiful to you know I think spend some time by myself to like restore and refresh and in that sort of moment, I started thinking about, of course, my art, and I wanted to do something. So I brought the idea um, of sort of being in solitude to my friend, and he came up with this really amazing project um, called Crust. So we filmed it um, last year, I believe, around December, mm-hmm. and we're hoping for it to premiere this year. Um, we don't have a date set as yet, but in the coming months. Um, and we also collaborated with the filmmaker, Angelo Vasta, um, who I was really excited to work with. So I look forward to seeing it all come together. Um, yeah, and I worked on another project as well. Uh, it was a collaborative work, um, and the project is called Room to Room. And it, it was meant to, you know, foster collaboration amongst artists from all over the world. And we, so I met an artist that I hadn't worked with before, Keelan Whitmore, um, who dances for um, Tons Theater Munster right now I in know Germany. Keelan. 
Yay. He's so talented. He's amazing. He is yeah. incredible. Um, yeah, it was a joy working with him. And the project was started by Ana Maria Lupacci and Katarina Cavallo. Um, and that also was set to premiere this year as well um, in the coming months. So, yeah, just exciting things, you know, and just grateful that I was able to continue collaborating with artists and, um, you know, just continue to do my art during this time. So for people who want to stay up to date on everything Tamisha, how can people follow you and make sure that they are able to see this stuff when it comes out? Yes. So you can follow me at Tamisha Guy on Instagram or my website at TamishaGuy.com. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to to see these films and you know i'm not i'm not kidding rather i will i'm coming to your text seminar yes (laughs) come on down no i'm I'm so excited about it and i am hoping to sort of get it up and moving soon so i will Mm -hmm. definitely share that information yeah Mm -hmm. let us know we'll put a ad in the pod for it because i think it's something especially if it's digital and people can come from wherever i think that What valuable information. I was just, we were, you know, doing taxes the other day and I was just saying, why don't we learn these things in school? Like normal school. Yeah, it's weird. It's insane. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what a great resource. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. You know, it's like in school we learn about, you know, different subjects, but it's like we don't learn about life. (laughs) I have to geometry. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. so now we're going to get uh, hate mail from math people Rebecca thanks <laughs> um, you need geometry <laughs> no. <laughs> no. so just to round this out um, you know what are some of the ways you know as we're going to move forward to something resembling the before times are there things that you hope to carry with you from this pandemic experience how you created and what what might still be helpful as we are able to get back in front of audiences? Yeah. So I think this time has, you know, forced us all to be a bit more aware and uh, conscious. And I think for me, I like to think that I am an aware person, but I think this time has forced me to be even more intentional Mm -hmm. in my work, um, in my relationships, um, you know, so yeah, I keep saying the word grateful, but I, I truly am. Like, I think although this time has been very tumultuous, I think there's been so many hidden blessings, you know, in this season as well. And I just hope to, you know, continue doing my art and like being unapologetic in my work and um, yeah, just to be intentional. Yeah. yeah. Just as a final question, we've been asking everyone, if there's one thing that you have, started doing during the pandemic, either a a book, a podcast, a movie, um, some new skill. Is there something that you've learned during this time that you're totally going to keep with you? Hmm. New skill. Or new something you're into. Well, I love listening to podcasts. And (laughs) I recently started to listen to um, a podcast called Girl, I Guess. Oh, yes. And I can't remember the two young ladies uh, who run the podcast because I literally recently started listening like two weeks ago, but it was really um, great. And I hope to continue. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We're going to let you run to rehearsal. 
And it was such a pleasure having you. And we can't wait to see all of your creative output in the coming year. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.